Radio. Andrew Wadden here, riding solo with you right up until 1 o'clock as we take a walk around the sports world. It's all happening right now. Sports are going crazy, man, to uh, quote Bro Jake, formerly of TSN uh, 1040. We got five NHL games on the slate today. Five NBA games. I'm, I'm banging the table while I say this because I'm excited. NBA games today. We got a full slate of baseball. Excited about that. However, wondering whether the Major League Baseball season is going to be able to get completed. We'll save that for another day, though. Because we're gearing up for the playoffs. We're gearing up for postseason action. I don't care what you call it. Qualifying round. It's a best-of-five series, and it happens tomorrow, Canucks Wild. And we are going to get, we're going to cover all the ground, that is, uh, leading up to that series today on Sports Saturday. We're also going to continue that at 1 o'clock through to 3 p.m. on Rinkwide, the show that always scores with myself and J.D. Burke. Of course, the WGC St. Jude Invitational going down in Memphis, Tennessee as well. We'll get you updated on the scores there. Third round action. I can tell you, spoiler alert, Brendan Todd is still sitting atop the leaderboard. However, he's only four holes in today. But boy, you shoot a 64 and then a 65 the next day, you're going to be flirting with it. So we'll get you caught up on that. Let you know exactly what's happening with the Canadians. Four Canadians in the field, although one of them playing a little bit more like me. But we'll get you updated on that in just a moment. Uh, today's guest list includes Jeff Patterson. He's coming up at the bottom of the hour here. TSN 1040's Canucks reporter. J-Pat will get you caught up on the latest. Everything, all the latest news. What's happened with the Canucks, where they're at. Uh, perhaps lineup-wise, we'll, we'll pick his brain and all of that. And remember, we are jam-packed with hockey coverage throughout uh, this Canucks run here. Hopefully run. The pregame tomorrow starts at 6 o'clock. It's going to be Jeff Patterson, Blake Price, John Abbott, J-Pat, well, the three of them. They'll have you covered for pregame, commercial-free intermissions. So you know once the uh, whistle, the horn goes at the end of the period, whoop, there you go. Turn it on. The boys will have you commercial-free. Postgame show. The three of them will be there. Then J-Pat is going to stay. And the premiere of playoff game night comes back with J-Pat starting somewhere around 1130 tomorrow evening and taking you into the night. And uh, for those that experienced playoff game night in the past, uh, it's the place to be after a, a, a Canucks game. Want to hear from you, the fans, uh, in that. So we'll talk to J-Pat about all of that. And, of course, the latest on the Canucks. That's coming up, as mentioned, at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we'll finish off the hour with my editorial, uh, you mad bro. Now, I'm not getting mad about anything this week. Keeping it positive. There's a few things that were on the list. Trust me. I could have went at Major League Baseball. I could go at the NHL and Gary Bettman for their tone-deaf response to social injustices that are happening around the world especially in North America here, where its game resides. But I'm not going to do that this week. No, 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 no. I'm going to give you my breakdown of the series between the Canucks and the Wild. We're going to go through every facet. Goaltending, defense, forwards, special teams. And uh, I'll give you a little hint. 
Looks good for the Canucks. Hour two, Dom LeCision from The Athletic. He's a staff writer at The Athletic, hockey writer. Dom's a big analytics guy. And he broke down the series between the Canucks and the Wild. I'll tell you what. You're going to want to hear what he says about this series. When I looked at the numbers, when I looked at the, the layman numbers, boy, does it look good for the Canucks. But Dom's always got the, uh, the fancy stats, as they say. And uh, maybe he has a little different perspective on how this is going to play out. So we'll talk to Dom about that somewhere around 1210. Uh, John Abbott, as mentioned, he's going to be with us in hour two at the bottom of the hour, around 1230. And we'll, we'll take a broader look at the series between the Canucks and the Wild. We'll also get some of his predictions, although <laughs> we do have a game in action right now. Carolina leading the Rangers 2-1, about 1240 to go in the third period in that one. If you're a Hurricanes fan, you probably didn't like who you had to match up against in this qualifying uh, round. The New York Rangers, one of those pesky teams, they got nothing to lose. Young, inexperienced, they got nothing to lose. Outside of you know, Hendrick Lund- is Does Lundqvist even start? I didn't see the starters today. Yeah, Lundqvist got the call. He did yes. get the call. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, Shesterkin was unfit to play. Ah, ooh. Yeah. But he's in the building wearing a mask. He has been seen. Okay. So don't have to worry about any COVID concerns there. He's not unfit to sit, but he's unfit to play. Yes. Gotcha. Eddie Gregory on the ones and twos today, by the way, filling in for Jason Croker. And, hey, listen, like, if I don't know something about hockey, boom, I'll just lean on Eddie. Yeah, I've been watching the TV over my left shoulder all day. <laughs> all morning, exactly. Uh, John Abbott going to join me, uh, as mentioned, at 1230. So there's our guest list. For today, want to get interactive with you guys as well. You can text me at 104040, email live at tsn1040.ca. Uh, I think around 12 o'clock, if I'm good on my clock, and I'm usually not, but if I'm good on my clock around 12 o'clock, we can open up the phone boards for maybe 10 minutes or so. I'd love to get some of you guys involved. I know you're excited, as all of us are, for playoff hockey. It's been far too long here, and I don't care if it's the qualifying round or whatever you want to call it. It's a best of series. I'm calling it the playoffs. Although the NHL might disagree with that. And the NHL does recognize this yeah, as playoffs, do technically. They, do they recognize? Is it postseason? Is it play, I don't know. The, the, they claim that these teams have qualified for the postseason and all the statistics will count towards postseason play, including these play-in rounds. Except for that first-round pick for the Canucks and... Right, so well, that's the, the, a whole other side. Yeah, of we'll, things. let's let's just we'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to when it. When it comes to the stats, yes, they all count for playoffs <laughs> and postseason. I know that. Uh, guys, want to remind you as well. We have partnered with a couple of fantastic companies here on Sports Saturday, uh, Project and Two Under. Uh, Project makes some of the best bags in the business, whether it's for travel, you want yourself, get yourself a new backpack, uh, perhaps a golf bag. I've got one. It's fantastic. Bigger wheels, bigger zippers, bigger handles. They also have worked with most of the major sports leagues in North America. They've done bags for all seven Canadian NHL franchises, uh, 28 of 31 NHL teams. I know the Raptors were using Project bags, uh, last year. And, uh, well, maybe they had something to do with the Raptors winning a championship. I don't know. Perhaps. Also, Two Under, which is the best men's underwear in the business. They got the Joey pouch. You can probably figure out what goes in the Joey pouch. Uh, alleviate and separate. Never chafe again. Game-changing underwear for work, play, 
or maybe that's sexy time. Who knows? That's uh, two under. That's the number two U-N-D-R and project with a K. So P-R-O-J-E-K-T. If you want to purchase something through Project or Two Under, uh, head over to their websites. Use the promo code Sports Saturday. No spacing at checkout. You're going to get twenty percent off your order, and we're going to have some stuff to give away uh, from Project and Two Under in the next couple of weeks. I know you guys will be tuning in anyway, so stay tuned for that. Uh, this hour of the show is brought to you by the Phil Jonas Golf Academy. If you're an adult or junior player, a beginner looking to learn the game, or a player looking to improve their game, like myself, Phil and Patty Jonas both recently inducted into the BC Golf Hall of Fame. They can help you out. A little background on Phil. Played on the PGA Tour, played on the PGA Tour Canada, a Latin America Senior a European Tour. He's also a four-time winner of the PGA BC Player of the Year. Phil knows his golf uh hit them up at uh jonas golf j-o-n-a-s golf.com where you can hit them up via email info at jonas golf dot com before we get into the best of the week want to say many thanks uh, to the folks out at Northlands, played a few rounds at Northlands this week. Gary and Curtis always take great care of us. And uh, Westwood Plateau as well. Going to go over and play Westwood Plateau uh, tomorrow afternoon with my good buddy uh, Matt Sakara. So many thanks uh, to Jennifer Wright at Westwood Plateau for the hospitality tomorrow morning. And hey, how's that for a Sunday? Going to play a round of golf early in the morning, go home, watch hockey, Canucks Wild after that. Boy. But how much hockey are you missing in the morning? That's when you okay. Golf? That's okay. That's okay. There's two games that I have circled on the calendar tomorrow. I'm sure you can figure out one of them. We don't need to go there. Don't drop the Holy Mackinac. The other one. We know the colors involved. You know the one color involved. involved. You know where my my allegiance lies. But I'm also. It is tied to clothing as well, right? Yes. I'm very excited, though, about two games in particular. So I'll be able to get the golf game in as well. All right. I think we've checked all the boxes, Eddie. It's time for the BOTW, the best of the week. It's time for the BOTW Best of the Week from the World of Sports on Sports Saturday. Forgot to mention the poll question. Let's do this first, then we'll bring them up to speed on the poll question. Uh, an interesting one, uh, nonetheless. But let's get into the BOTW. Who's in goal? Here we are, just over 24 hours away from the Canucks and Wild Series, and every Minnesota guest that's been on the station this week, well, they've not been able to give a definitive answer on who the Wild starting goaltender is going to be. Now, we've got a goalie expert here, uh, TSN 1040 contributor Kevin Woodley from In Goal Magazine, NHL.com. He gave his synopsis on the situation, suggesting that the veteran who struggled this year would be the one to get the nod. There are no absolutes again, but the tendency is that style of Dubnik is going to be less reliant on timing, less reliant on rhythm, more likely to be able to get off to a good start having not been on the ice for a while. To me, the irony of Staloc is he's ill-cast as a backup because that role doesn't allow you to sort of build up the steam and get the comfort level that's required to play really well. We saw what happened when he did get it this year through all of Dubnik's struggles. He got on a heck of a roll. But to expect him to be able to get on that roll out of the gate, that might be a big ask. Now, he played so much better that maybe they're going to give him a game and give him that opportunity, knowing that Dubnik 
that, you know, nothing changes for him. He can go in there and play the same game, and it's not going to change. It's not going to be as reliant on timing. So maybe they do give Staylock the start. But if you're looking for steadier, as much as this year is a struggle, I think Dubnik's probably the guy. And, and I thought you saw that last night. Now, Dubnik does work with Kevin Woodley in the offseason. And... Um... So maybe a little bias there, but I'm not going to say that he's going to base his analysis on that. That's not what Kevin does. Now, they're both close in age in terms of Staylock and Dubnik. Dubnik's about a year older, but uh, Dubnik does have more playoff experience. 26 games under his belt in his career compared to the four that Staylock's played. Staylock's had one start of those four as well. I believe the leash is going to be short for whoever gets the start tomorrow, but I expect Staylock to get the nod over Doobie. The best, the best. All right, Button throwing curveballs. TSN director of scouting Craig Button likes the Canucks a lot going into this postseason. Here, Button gives his theory on the Wilds' goaltending situation, but also drops a juicy nugget at the end that, well, it'll excite you if you're a Canucks fan. I think it boils down in the Canucks' favor to, to, to exactly the points you just mentioned. The goaltending, big, big, double, put a double check mark there. Uh, I'll be straightforward. If I'm Dean Everson, I'm starting Kakinen. I'm not starting Stalak or uh, Dubnik. Uh, sorry, I don't care. I, like You know what? I don't think those guys have shown me anything. I don't think they've shown that they're capable. I'm going right with Kakinen. Now, he might not be able to do it. But I don't have faith in those other guys. That's my position. Maybe Dean looks at it differently. So a big check mark there. The, the, the top six forwards. I mean, the first two lines for, for Vancouver are far superior to the top two lines for the uh, Minnesota Wild. And you go back to the blue line. Quinn Hughes is a, is a number one defenseman. And I think that the rest that, uh, that, that's been afforded Edler and Tanef and Myers really helps them. They're, they're not banged up. They're not fatigued. And I think that that helps them balance out on the blue line. Hey, Jared Spurgeon's a good player, and Jonas Bodine's a good player, and Matt Dumba's a good player, and Studer's a good player. So in the overall scheme of defense, I think the Wild have an edge. But the, the, I think also deeper down the lineup, the speed, uh, the different types of, of players that the Vancouver Canucks have, Bodes really well in this series for them. And, uh, you know, listening to the broadcast last night, I hear all oh, was close and the goal shots for and the goal. I, I think that uh, Vancouver has a better team. And, you know, I think that uh, they'll move fast the Minnesota Wild, as, as you've heard yeah. me say. Oh. I, 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 they're, they're a team in the West. Sleep but on. I think that they get rolling, that they can uh, really uh, get past uh, not just the Minnesota Wild, but move much deeper into the playoffs. Ooh, doggy. So Karras almost cut him off there, too. And that was the good part at the end there by Button. So good thing that uh, Button just kept going through and getting to that. But uh, Benning, Jim Benning, that is, and Travis Green, well, they'll give a massive sigh of relief if they can beat the Wild and, you know, officially make the playoffs, you know, because ultimately that was the goal uh, for the Canucks this season. But Button suggesting that the Canucks could be a legit sleeper. Now, that is juicy. I'm not going to argue with Craig, though. All right, he's forgotten more about hockey than I even know, but I really don't see the Canucks making a deep run. I don't feel they have the horses throughout the lineup to beat the Giants of the West in, say, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, but making it to the second round, that, my friends, is something I can get behind. The best, the best. Turn my mic on. That would be fantastic as well. All right, what do we got? We got time for one more here, Eddie. So let's go, let's go to West Walls, all right? Uh, Wild Game Analyst Wes Walls joined the station yesterday, gave this uh, eyebrow-raising analysis of the series. I do 
think that the Canucks have the edge in this series because I, I do think that uh, Jacob Markstrom just gives them more solidified goaltending. His numbers uh, just prove what he's been able to do. And and I know he plays on the West Coast, and maybe a lot of people on the East Coast don't know how good this guy is. I, I was kind of surprised that he didn't sneak into the top three in the Vesna Trophy. But um, if you're putting a gun to my head, I I'm I'm going to. I'm going to say Alex Stalock. I mean, he down the stretch, the last 16, 17 games that he played, and even the 12 games when Dean Evason was the was the coach, the last 12 games, he was kind of wrestled the number one position away from from Devin Dubnik, and um, was probably a big reason. I think his save percentage was around 9.20 over the last uh, 17 games that he played. And uh, Dean Evason got himself a new two-year contract. I, I would, I have a feeling that he's kind of leaning toward Al to start. Uh, but Devin Dubnik got into the uh, exhibition game against Colorado. Uh, the last half of the game, they split the game in the exhibition game, and Devin stopped 12 out of 12 and looked pretty sharp. And, and Al looked a little bit off, a little bit. So, and Devin Dubnik has some playoff experience. Obviously, he's played in the playoffs before, and uh, this would be Alex Stalock's first game uh, in the playoffs. So. Bright lights. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Honestly, you know, not being in the hub and being around Dean and the team, we have really no clue what's going to happen. And you guys will know the exact same time as I'll know about who's going to be the, the goalie who starts for game one for the Wild. Now, Walsh, he wasn't correct about Staylock. As I mentioned, he he did play or has played four games of playoff uh, uh, action. He had the one start, which was back in 2014 when he was playing with the uh, Sharks. I'm going to give my breakdown of the matchups a little later in the hour, but spoiler alert. Jacob Markstrom is one of my X-Factors, too. The best, the best. That leads in quite nice, actually, because that is our poll question today. Who is going to be the X-Factor for the Canucks in the series versus the Wild? Four options. Elias Patterson, Brock Besser, Jacob Markstrom, or Quinn Hughes. Healthy amount of votes already. It's only been up for... Jeez, about a half an hour now, 225 votes are in. 42.2% of you are saying Jacob Markstrom. I knew it was going to go that way. I had, a, I had a feeling he was going to get roughly about 50% of the vote. What I'm curious about is where the fans feel who is going to be in second here. And Brock Besser and Quinn Hughes are pretty close to each other right now. Hughes with a slight edge at 21.8%. Brock Besser with 20.9%. So head over to Twitter. Go to at TSN 1040, cast your vote there, maybe leave a reply if you like. Uh, I'll get into some of them. Uh, Canuck Calvert, this is Jake and Calvert, or Jacob Calvert, uh, writing in. Adam Gaudet, like to vote for this right in. Uh, he was my Friday fortune teller yesterday on Sakaris and Price. I said on Monday we will be talking about Adam Gaudet scoring two goals, uh, leading the Canucks to victory. I feel like that bottom six is getting kind of glossed over right now by a lot of people. Not a lot of people really giving both sides a whole lot of uh, acknowledgement when it comes to who they have in their bottom six. I think that Gaudet with Roussel and Furlan could be a real a menace to the Wild. Although on the other side of things, too, they have a pretty... Okay, third line. Depends on if Matt Zuccarello finds his game and Alex Galchenyuk can ever find his game again as well. Again, just some great matchups here. Haven't we been waiting for Galchenyuk yeah, to find yeah, his game his whole yeah. career? Well, he had one 20 goal season, I believe. Yeah. But, uh, and even Matt Zuccarello, though, here's a guy that he only gave a lot of dough to. 15 goals this year, something like that. So, hey, maybe Zuccarello uh, finds his game 
uh, when the time is right. I did mention that we're going to update the uh, PGA uh, leaderboard real quick at the World Golf Championship FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Uh, Brendan Todd sitting atop right now. He's at 12 under the top Canadian is Nick Taylor. He's 3 under through 13. He's 2 under for the day. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes is 2 under. Uh, 1 under for the day. He's through 13 as well. Corey Connors is 1 under for the tournament. 1 under for the day. He's on the 11th and Adam Hadwin. Yikes. No no cut in this one either, guys. Uh, Adam Hadwin, 7 over right now. Uh, he's through 7 holes and a plus 3. So, again, playing a lot like me. Me and Adam have something in common today, although I'll finish 20 over and he will probably finish somewhere around 7 over. Alright, <laughs> on the other side, uh, Jeff Patterson, who is a good golfer himself, is going to join us. TSN 1040's Man on the Beat. We're going to let you know the latest happenings around the Canucks, so you're going to want to keep it right here, right up until tomorrow's game. You might as well just sit on TSN 1040, keep the dial locked. We will have you covered. Jeff Patterson on the other side. Sports Saturday. Weekend starts here. TSN 1040. Now from the Raider Hanson Sports Desk. This is a TSN 1040 Sports Center update. Long shot by Gardner is blocked. Another block by Zabanachat. That setup is tipped in. Carolina has scored to make it 3 to 1. Courtesy of Sam Rose and MSG, the first game back in the National Hockey League in months. Game one, play-in series. Carolina leading the Rangers 3-1. to one. There's just over two minutes to go in the third period. This game in Toronto. Zabinijad, who had 41 in the regular season, scores for the Rangers. Ajo, 38, goal scorer in the regular season. One of the goals for Carolina. And standing up is a game winner at the moment. 3-1 Carolina over the Rangers opening game. Best of five late in the third period. Coming up at noon in Edmonton. Oilers on home ice against Chicago. 1 o'clock in Toronto. It's Florida, the New York Islanders. 5 o'clock in Toronto. The Canadians are the Penguins. 7.30 game. The fifth of five tonight comes your way from Edmonton. It is Winnipeg and the Calgary Flames. I mean, I'm just really excited for the opportunity getting the games that matter. It's been it's been a while. Uh, I think we're all excited. I don't know uh, what else to really say. It's, it's that time of the year, so time to get to work. Time to get to work. Tyler Toffoli of the Vancouver Canucks in Edmonton watching all these games today and getting ready for game one of their best of five play-in series against the Wild tomorrow. It appears Dubnik will get the start for Minnesota. The Canucks will start Jacob Markstrom, of course. 7.30 game tomorrow night. Our pregame 6.30 right here, TSN 1040. The athletes who are involved in this really unique recovery period in any sport are now feeling that they have a responsibility to show that they understand what it's like to be entertainers in a world where people need sports. Rick Horro out of Harvard. I'm with Tom Maynard this morning, and some athletes seem to understand that more than others. Four more positive tests in the bigs, all with the St. Louis Cardinals. At this point, we're hearing one player and three staff coming from insiders. Among the four, Cardinals Brewers postponed tonight. Jays Philadelphia postponed. Mariners in Oakland to go at the moment in Seattle at 6 o'clock tonight. The Jays scheduled to play Atlanta on Tuesday if Major League Baseball is still playing. I'm Brooke Ward. This is TSN 1040. Back to Sports Saturday on TSN 1040. Here's your host, Andrew Wyden. We want a team that wants to be in these kind of games. Uh, you know, we want to coach in these games. We want to play in these games. And, and to get where we want to go, you got to love it. You got to, you got to embrace that pressure. 
Yeah, they're going to embrace the pressure. But listen, they got, they don't really have a whole lot to lose right now, this Canucks team. I know that making the playoffs was the goal this year, but would you really be upset if they lost to the Wild? I mean, it's been a good season, right? We're starting to see some progress here. I want them to beat the Wild. I would love to see the Canucks make a run here. It'd be fantastic for this market, but really not a whole lot of pressure on these young guys. And I hope they go into the series with that uh, mind frame. By the way, Carolina went up 3-1 to one on the Rangers late in the third period. It's now 3-2, and Hendrik Lundqvist just made a fantastic stop. Carolina on the power play, about 30 seconds to go in the PP, 131 to go in the game. So let's bring uh, Jeff Patterson into the conversation here because I believe J-Pat was just tweeting something about overtime. Might have jinxed it, though, uh, with that. Uh, J-Pat, how you doing today, bud? I'm all right. Uh, is the name of the show Soft Saturday? Is that what I heard? Uh, when did you go soft? What do you mean no pressure? I don't want to work in a market that has no pressure on a hockey team. Okay. There's pressure. Uh, uh, sure. But, like, listen, if they lose it, is the fan base really going to be having the pitchforks out at this point? You know, I don't think so. I think that they'll you be... You know that that'll be five straight years without actually qualifying for that is the correct. playoffs. But the different team here, though, I feel, I feel like they might get a little bit of a mulligan this year. But maybe you're right, Jeff. You're the guy on the beat. Uh, you know these players better than I do. I just don't feel like there's a whole lot of pressure on them themselves. Maybe the organization, but not on these young players themselves. But maybe you disagree with that. Well, I think Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes, there's probably not a ton of pressure on them. But, you know, it's funny because a guy like Brock Besser, this is his first look at the Stanley Cup playoffs or play in. And, you know, I'm kind of giving Pedersen and Hughes a bit of a pass, but I do think that there is some pressure on a guy like Brock Besser, you know, for a number of reasons that we've talked about. But most notably is just he hasn't scored goals lately. And I say lately, I mean, nobody scored goals because they haven't been playing. But, you know, he took a lengthy scoring drought into the hiatus here. He's playing on a line with Bo Horvat, which is a different position and a different spot in the lineup for him. And they need him to score some goals. And, you know, JT Miller... Uh, it's a different situation, obviously, for JT Miller now. It's a frontline guy here in Vancouver, top line and top power play, compared to some of the roles that he had earlier in his career with both the Rangers and Tampa. But, you know, the, the three goals in 61 postseason games for JT Miller, like, that's a pretty solid playoff resume of games. He's had two deep runs, the Rangers and Tampa both got fairly deep in the playoffs, and Miller was a part of that. And, you know, you just think, like, if in the regular season, if he had three goals in 61 games, people would be beside themselves. Um, and I'm expecting big things from J.T. Miller. But I think at the same time, there is some pressure on him to perform. So, you know, I, I would agree with you in as much as the pressure is more organizationally. I think it's on Travis Green. Like, he can't get out coached by Dean Evason, who has 12 games of NHL experience behind the bench as a head coach. And I do think that there is some pressure on Jim Benning. Like, this is the team he has assembled. Nobody's saying that they should be Stanley Cup winners this summer, but you know, for Jim Benning, uh, he's tried all sorts of different looks, and it hasn't been the right mix to get his group into the playoffs. So I think there is some pressure on the organization to make something happen. They higher seed, barely, but they are the higher seed going into this series. You know, I, I've said Canucks in five. Like I do think it's going to go the distance. I think it's that close. 
But in the end, I want to believe that the Canucks difference makers will be that and make a difference in this series. We're talking to Jeff Patterson, our man on the Canucks beat here at TSN 1040. Uh, if I tally it up correctly, Besser's last goal was what he went scoreless in 12 games, I believe it is, and uh, two goals versus Buffalo back in January on the 11th. So Right, because he missed a dozen games with the rib injury, yeah. so he hasn't scored a goal in the National Hockey League since the middle of January, and you know, it is a career long for him in terms of scoring droughts. And this is a guy that's made it look easy at times throughout his career, 29 as a rookie and 26 the following year. But, you know, stuck on 16 goals, uh, we expect more. I think everybody expects more. And I would imagine Brock Besser expects more of himself. So, you know, that's where I come back to the fact that he's not with Pedersen and Miller. He's with Horvat and Pearson, and they'll probably see a fair bit of the Eric Stahl line. You know, and they're going to be asked to hold their own defensively and then try to chip in offensively. And they did a nice job of it the other night uh, in the tune-up game. You know, the puck possession and the shot shares. You know, they controlled the run of play against that Mark Shifley line, but had nothing to show for it. And you can get away with that in a tune-up game. But starting tomorrow night, you know, that's the line that I think has the difference or has the, the makings to make a difference in the series. And certainly Besser is a guy that, you know, the longer it goes without him scoring, the more that becomes a story as well. So he would really do well for himself in the hockey club, I think. If he could pot one early in this series and just get you know, a little good mojo going and get people talking about uh, the right things for Brock Besser rather than the continuation of uh, his struggles to put pucks in the net. Yeah, well, the good thing about the Minnesota Wild is they don't have Connor Hellebuck in net because, boy, he was full marks the other night, especially that one-timer save on Pedersen. That was going bar down. He gets the glove on it. A fantastic performance from Connor Hellebuck. Um, uh, the poll question today, who's going to be the X factor for the Canucks in the series versus the Wild? Pedersen, Besser, Markstrom, Hughes are who I gave. Now, I believe that Markstrom's going to win this poll. He's kind of running away with it. So let's put him to the other side. Between Hughes, Besser, Pedersen, who do you think is going to stand out amongst those three? Yeah, I mean, I'm really curious to see you know what Quinn Hughes can do in his first taste of postseason hockey. I mean, this guy wowed us all, all season long, but you know that the Wild are going to have him in their sights. Easier said than done to try to finish checks on him, but, you know, that's part of playoff hockey. I think they will move the puck into his corner wherever possible and, you know, try and chase him down and, and finish the body and, you know, see if they can wear Quinn Hughes down, but uh, he says he's stronger. He thinks the break has done him well, so... Uh, he's been an achiever at every level, and I would expect that uh, that will continue here. And, and you know, Elias Pettersson, the same thing. Doesn't have NHL playoff experience, but was the MVP of the Swedish Hockey League. You know, he does have some things to draw on. You know, Besser is curious for me. Uh, I come back, though, I go off the map barely. I mean, when you're going with the leading score of a hockey club. But uh, I, I just keep coming back to J.T. Miller. I, I think now is the time for J.T. Miller. This is the opportunity that every player wants to be a top-line guy, a front-line guy. You want to be the go-to guy. And so uh, I think I would go off the map there. And I think J.T. Miller has to produce, you know, Kevin Fiala on the other side. He and Miller were both tied for sixth in the National Hockey League in scoring from the All-Star break to the halt in play. So Kevin Fiala is looking to pick up where he left off. You know, can J.T. Miller get his game anywhere close to that level it was? Because that 20-game stretch from mid-January until the middle of March... You know, J.T. Miller was sort of in a class of his own as far as point production on the Vancouver Canucks. Like he had absolutely left even Elias Pettersson in the dust. Uh, Quinn Hughes was second on the team in scoring during that stretch, obviously a defenseman. So when it comes to, to forwards, you know, nobody else was close to J.T. Miller. And he really was sort of the, stir, the straw that was stirring the drink back then. Um, 
you know, his motor's always going, and it has been through camp here. You know, I didn't think he was dominant the other night. He had one good scoring chance early set up by Pedersen. Other than that, I thought it was a relatively quiet night, but such a big part of the Canuck power play, and, you know, if anything, from this Carolina Ranger game that just wrapped up, you know, the thing that jumped out to me was how many penalties, and, you know, is that the referees trying to uh, assert their dominance early and let guys know that they're not going to get away with things? Is that players, uh, you know, taking some time to adjust to the speed of the game again? Uh, whatever the case, I mean, it was a penalty fast. You'd think if that's the case in all these early games, that that would play into the Canucks' hands because they did have this potent power play, and that's where Pedersen and Miller and Hughes, you know, really left their mark. And Bo Horvat was the leading goal scorer on the power play for the Canucks with 12 and was among the league leaders, although Zach Parisi had 12 for the Minnesota Wild, so, you know, they have a guy to counter uh, when you're talking about the Canucks and, and what they're able to do on the power play. So, you know, difference makers have to be difference makers. Travis Green talked about that this morning. He talked about his experience as a player in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and, of course, this is his first go-round as a head coach behind the bench uh, in postseason action for the Canucks, but he did have that long run back in 2015 as the head coach down in Utica. So he does have some experience to draw on, but uh, even this will be a little bit new for him, and he knows from all of his years in this game that, you know, your best players have to be your best players. And I've said it before on the station, but I go back to 03 when the Canucks in the Wild last met in the playoffs. You know, the Canucks on paper with that West Coast Express team, I mean, hands down, were the better team. And yet Todd Bertuzzi scored once in the series. And Minnesota ended up winning in seven. Like, you, you need your difference makers. And I think that's proof right there. So let the games begin and let's see what happens. But, uh, you know, I'm fairly confident that the guys that get the opportunity for the Canucks, they're going to make the most of it. And uh, that's why, again, I, I think it'll be a long series or as long as a best of five can be. But uh, I do think that, you know, ultimately the Canucks guys that need to step up will and, and they will find a way to prevail. Speaking of getting opportunity, do you think for Jake Vertanen's going to get one tomorrow? I don't tomorrow, and I'm no further ahead in this discussion just because of these closed practices, and we just don't know. Uh, Travis Green, Tyler Toffoli, and Tanner Pearson were all made available this morning ahead of practice, so uh, they did their media, got that out of the way, and then uh, it was off to practice. They go. They'll skate uh, today. I'm anticipating I'll have a morning skate just to sort of get them back into uh, a game day routine, but, you know, information is tough to come by, and we probably won't know the Canuck lineup uh, until much closer to game time. It might slip out somehow, some way, but, you know, it's not because uh, people are getting their eyeballs on uh, what they're doing at practice. So uh, I have to think that uh, they're going to go with Furlan on the right side on that third line and that Brandon Sutter will start this series. But, you know, Jake Furtanen will sit there as an option. And if things don't go well for the Canucks in the opener, you know, or if there are players that struggle individually, then you've got the 18-goal score waiting in the wings. Louis Erickson there as well. I did think it was interesting yesterday that Zach McEwen skated with the Black Eight after, you know, you think of the, the camp and how much we talked about him and how much was written about Zach McEwen, and he played in the exhibition game against the Jets the other night, and then the first session back on ice, they had the day off on Thursday, uh, first time back on the ice, and Zach McEwen is uh, one of the spares. So, you know, I thought that was a little uh, surprising at the very least, but uh, I guess that, you know, bumps a guy like Jake Furtanen up a little bit uh, on the depth chart, although not enough to get him into... I, I say that. I don't know, but my hunch is that he won't play on Sunday night. Well, Jeff, you didn't get your wish, by the way. The Rangers were able to... Uh, or, excuse me, the Canes that. were able to beat the Rangers 3-2, uh, to two, one nothing in the series.
now, but we got one just about to start up as well, and uh, what, four more today? Uh, Gene Principe is on my TV right now, so that means the Edmonton Oilers are going to be going at it, and uh, Mike Smith going to get the starting goal uh, for the Oilers, but uh, I know you'll be watching throughout the day, and uh, we'll be hearing from you tomorrow. Really excited about our coverage that starts at 6 o'clock tomorrow, and of course, playoff game night, the return of with yourself, Jay Patton. I'm sure you're looking forward to hearing from the fans as well. Yeah, everybody enjoy a full day of hockey and uh, rest up because uh, the Canucks have a late game tomorrow and then uh, you're right, we're taking our coverage deep into the night. Uh, as long as uh, the demand is there on the phone boards and in the inbox, uh, we'll continue to talk hockey. We'll break it all down. Obviously, we'll have plenty of material to work on after one game and uh, start to look ahead to uh, game number two. And, and that's what I love about playoff hockey, Andrew, is uh, the adjustments that have to be made, you know, not only in-game but between games as well, and especially in a shortened series. Like the, you know, I know you guys talked about it on the afternoon show yesterday, but uh, there really is added importance to the first game. I mean, the shorter the series, uh, the higher the stakes in game number one. You want to be the team that gets that jump. You want to be the team that forces your opponent to have to make adjustments. You know, if it doesn't go well for Minnesota, how quickly does Dean Everson switch to you know, his other goaltender? And those types of things that, uh, you know, all become massive factors after just one game. So uh, we'll see how it all shakes down, but uh, yeah, absolutely. It's been a long wait for all of us, and uh, even here on a hot summer long weekend, uh, let the fun begin. Absolutely, Jeff. Can't wait. Thanks for joining, buddy. And uh, like I said, we'll be hearing from you again tomorrow evening. Have yourself a great Saturday. All right. Thanks, Andrew. That's Jeff Patterson. That's our man on the Canucks beat. If you're just tuning in, yeah, uh, the Canes have edged the Rangers 3-2. to two. It's one nothing in the series. Now, in that one, uh, the Oilers and Blackhawks are just about to get going. And Mike Smith is going to be the goaltender uh, for the Oilers today. I know there was uh, some thoughts of uh, maybe he wouldn't get the start. Uh, also in Pittsburgh, hearing that Matt Murray is going to get the start uh, for the Pens against the Canadians. So as information trickles in here today, guys, we will fill you in. However, on the other side, I'm going to give my breakdown of the Canucks and the Wild. And uh, spoiler alert, if you're a Canucks fan... Well, you're probably going to like this. That's Sports Saturday. It's uh, what's coming up next right here on TSN 1040. Now back to Sports Saturday on TSN 1040. Here's your host, Andrew Watton. Hey, welcome back to Sports Saturday. Your weekend starts here. If you missed the Jeff Patterson interview, don't worry. We'll have the podcast up. At the end of the show, head over to tsn1040.ca. Just search out shows. Go down to Sports Saturday. It'll be right there for you in podcast form. Uh, before I get to you, Mad Bro, for this week, uh, let's get you updated on what's happening with the poll question today. I asked you who is going to be the X Factor for the Canucks in the series versus the Wild. Elias Patterson, Brock Besser, Jacob Markstrom, or Quinn Hughes. And right now, Markey is leading at 43. Nine percent. Quinn Hughes in second at twenty eight, twenty one point eight percent. This is Coco Mama <laughs> on Twitter. Markstrom is key. Our defenseman looked a little rusty against Winnipeg, but our offense was good. Winnipeg goalie stood on his head, and he absolutely stood on his head. Uh, Connor Hellebach. Uh, full. It was almost like a reverse of what happens in a Canucks game versus the Jets, because the Canucks were all over the Jets, but yet it was their goaltender that bailed them out. Uh, Eddie, what did you think of Hellebuck's performance there? I thought he was absolutely on his game. Yeah. And 
it kind of did play out the way you thought it would with Hallibuck being a difference maker. Yeah. And Markstrom, it was a bit of a surprise, especially that first goal was a bit yeah, of a I didn't like. Now. I didn't like one of the goals against Markstrom, but I'm not worried. No, I'm, not, I'm definitely not worried about Markey. Uh, LB and North fan, uh, for the X-Factor, it's number 43, and it's not that close. I believe this is going to be his coming out party. Look at uh, the Rangers in Carolina, 14 power plays. If you're going to call penalties in that, he will shred them on the on the PP. So if they're going to get a lot of penalties, uh, the Canucks are on the power play. That, that actually, you know what? Let's get to your mad bro, because that's part of my editorial. You mad bro? Uh, yeah. I said, tell me what you mad for. Uh, you mad bro? Uh, yeah. I said, tell me what you mad for. Uh, you mad bro? It's official. Hockey is back, and let me tell you, that is awesome to say. I could easily have done a Mad Bro this week about the inept return to play the Major League Baseball has put together. No, no, no. Or I could have taken a run at Gary Bettman in the NHL for its tone-deaf response to supporting social injustice movements, injustice movements, that is. But today... I'm just going to keep it positive. 100% positivity, 100% hockey. The Canucks and Wild qualifying round starts tomorrow. And though we got the Athletics Dom decision coming up to give us the analytical breakdown of the series, I'm going to take a moment to break it down myself, starting where I once dwelled in my playing days between the pipes. Without even looking at the numbers, it's easy to see that the Canucks hold the edge here. Jacob Markstrom should have been a Vesna finalist for the season he had. That's right. He should have been a Vesna finalist. And the instability of the Wilds goaltending situation gives the Canucks the check mark here. Shoot, we're just over 24 hours away from puck drop, and we still don't know who's going to be the starter for many, although Jesse Pierce from The Athletic in Minnesota is coming up later on Rinkwide. We'll see if she's got some any, uh, information on that. However, advantage Canucks. The blue line is where the Wild hold an edge over the Canucks. Quinn Hughes, arguably the best defenseman in the series, though Ryan Suter is on the other side. He's pretty damn good as well. Now, take into account the Wild's top pair of Suter and Jared Spurgeon are one of the top pairings in the NHL. And don't forget, Jonas Brodeen and Matt Dumba are the Wild's second pairing. That rounds out a top two pairs that would rival anyone's in the league advantage wild now the forwards will break down into two categories top six bottom six we'll begin at the bottom where drake started where the canucks third line could really be a difference maker versus the wild from what we saw in the lone exhibition game versus the jets the line of godette down the middle flanked by furland and antoine roussel could very easily flip the series on its head godette has got some offensive flair Roussel, Furland got some real bite to their games and a little offensive grease tossed in as well. Alex Galchenyuk alongside Marcus Foligno, Matt Zuccarello have a ton of question marks surrounding them. Give me the Canucks here. The fourth lines are a coin flip and we'll likely not see a whole lot of action at five on five. So we'll call that a wash. However, advantage Canucks. Now, the top six is where the Canucks can really plant the flag on the wild. Not going out on a limb here, but Elias Pettersson is the best player in the series. And playoff PD is something this market has been waiting to witness since he arrived in town. Now, we'll see a lot of Joel Eriksson Eck. But I'm confident EP40 will get the best of his countrymen in this matchup. Kevin Fiala, Eric Stahl, yeah, they're offensive weapons for the Wild, but the Canucks have more in their arsenal with JT Miller, Tyler Toffoli, Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, all capable of lighting the lamp. Give the advantage in that one 
to the Canucks. Lastly, special teams, starting with the power play. Canucks had the fourth best in the league, clicking at 24.2%. The Wild, 11th at 21.3%. However, when you adjust for power play net percentage, which takes into account how many shorthanded goals a team allows, the Canucks are second in the NHL at 22.5%. The Wild are 13th. Advantage Canucks. And now, the penalty kill. And this is where the Canucks can really put away the series. As mentioned, the Canucks power play is one of the best in the league. Factor in the Wild are one of the worst penalty killing teams in the league. Ranked 25th at 77.2%. The Canucks also scored 57 power play goals this year. 57 to the Wild's 46. The 57 the Canucks scored tied them for second in the league with the Bruins. So advantage Canucks. As you can see, the Canucks, well, they're superior in almost every facet. And I like the Canucks to take the series in four games. Expected to be tight in every game, but the Canucks goaltending and power play will be the X factors in this series. Now, head off to your bookie and place a bet. You mad, bro? That's your mad, bro, for this week. Would love to hear some of your feedback. You can text me at 104040. Email live at tsn1040.ca. If you want to hit me up personally on Twitter, at Andrew Wadden, that's W-A-D-D-E-N, or head over to the TSN account. I'll see it there, uh, too, at tsn Ten forty Coming up on the other side, we're going to head to the center of the universe. Dom LeCision from The Athletic. He's a staff writer there based out of Toronto. He broke down the Canucks and Wild Series. And, uh, well, you're going to be interested on who he uh, broke down to be the winner. We also could probably take a couple of phone calls if you wish. I'll try to squeeze them in here. Uh, 604-280-1040, 844-876-1040, toll free. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Canucks getting set for a playoff game tomorrow. It's exciting, folks. We haven't been here in quite a while. It's Sports Saturday. Your weekend starts here on TSN 1040. Sports Saturday on TSN 1040. Here's your host, Andrew Wadden. It always amazed me how the star players wanted the puck on their tape uh, in any situation, whether it was double overtime, game six, game seven. They wanted the pressure. We want a team that wants to be in these kind of games. We want to coach in these games. We want to play in these games. And to get where we want to go, you got to love it. You got to embrace that pressure. Well, you got to love that message there from Travis Green. That's some fresh audio from the coach. I think they got those players. I think they got the players that are going to embrace that pressure. Again, as I said to Jeff Patterson earlier in the show, I don't feel like the pressure's on the Canucks players that much. Maybe on the organization, like Jeff suggested. Jim Benning in particular. You can't go this long without making the playoffs. At some point, you got to make the playoffs. But Elias Patterson, Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes... Maybe there's some pressure on JT Miller because of the fact that he has 60 so games, 63 games, I believe, of uh, 61 games of playoff experience under the belt, and just three goals. But this, I mean, this is the time for JT Miller to really step up. Now he's playing a leading role. You know, maybe on those teams in the past in New York, Tampa Bay, uh, not so much. So it'll be interesting to see uh, the JT Miller that we get in this series. It'll be interesting to see as well which star players completely step up for the Canucks. Uh, before we get to Don LeCision, he's from The Athletic uh, in Toronto, hockey staff writer there. Uh, let's go back into the Zoom room with Travis Green as he talked about the matchups between the Wild and the Canucks. Two teams that have four good lines. That's the way I look at it. 
I've used our bottom six in different roles, depending on who's playing center on the third line, depending what the other team has as far as matchups. I do think our bottom six has tended to get played in different situations due to the youth of our top-end guys a little bit. Uh, you've seen Beagle play against number one lines, and we've slowly, I'd say slowly got away from that in the second half with uh, Horvat and even Petey going against number one lines. Uh, obviously, Minnesota has a lot of depth. Uh, you look at their four lines right down to the to the fourth line, if you want to call it their fourth line. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out with matchups and, and who plays against who. And remembering that, you know, we've been on a pause too, and uh, players might not be up to speed, not just on our team, but maybe their team as well. And, and uh, you know, we'll make changes on the fly with our matchups. Yeah, I think you're going to see the matchup game uh, really be prominent amongst this series uh, because of the fact that, again, short series, going to have to make adjustments really, really quickly. As far as uh, Jay Beagle matching up uh, with Minnesota's top line, I don't think I'm really all that into that. Would love to see Patterson take on that challenge. Would love to see a Bo Horvat take on that challenge. Again, I just get this feeling that the bottom six, per se, more or less the third line of the Canucks, not necessarily Beagle or Sutter or uh, Mott, not really going to get a whole lot of offense out of them. But I'm looking at Adam Gaudet, Michael Ferlin, and Antoine Roussel to be a real factor in this series. They got a lot of grease to their game on the wings. Gaudet's got some offensive flair. As we saw, they got the greasy goal the other night against Winnipeg. Should have been a few more, though. Connor Hellebuck was outstanding in that game. Loved that save on Elias Patterson. I, 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 he's going bar down, puts the glove up there. Not many goaltenders can get there. And uh, Hellebuck, who probably is going to win the Vesna this year, uh, was able to. Okay, let's bring Dom Decision into the conversation now uh, from The Athletic. Dom, thanks for taking time joining us today. I know we're um, right in the midst of NHL hockey games. We've got one already in the books. 3-2 Carolina over the Rangers and uh, we got Oilers and Blackhawks just about to start but uh, appreciate you taking the time here uh, to join us today yeah no problem uh, might miss a couple minutes of the Edmonton Chicago game which could mean missing like five goals but yeah. hopefully uh, <laughs> I get back in time for the action absolutely um, what, just taking a look at your piece here on The Athletic your uh, 2020 NHL Stanley Cup odds and playoff probabilities it's been updated you updated it uh, yesterday um, looking at the Canucks and Wild Series and before I give the numbers just um, well I'll give the numbers you've got the Wild sort of um, slight edge and a very slight edge over the Canucks please explain to a Vancouver audience uh, why you came to that or how it is uh, it is an extremely slight edge it's basically a coin flip and I would guess most people in Vancouver would expect the higher-seeded team to be the favorite, but the the main thing is that the Wild were stronger at 5-on-5 five five this year. As we saw in the first game, that might not matter. There might be 18 power plays, and in that case, Vancouver might have a bigger edge than I give them credit for, but the Wild this year, they were fourth in expected goals, sixth in actual goals at 5-on-5, five and, five, and Vancouver wasn't their strong suit. They were in the bottom third of the league. And a big part of that is the Wild are just a very deep team. They don't have superstars, but lines one through four are full of very good players. Uh, first, second, third pair, all very good. And 
the thing with the Canucks is they might have better players. They might have better skaters. They have the star power. But when you look at lines three and four, when you look at some of the players on defense, they just don't have the depth to match up. How about the goaltending situation, though? I mean, it's pretty skewed towards the uh, Canucks. And we don't even know who Minnesota's starter is going to be right now, whether it's going to be Staloc, whether it's going to be Dubnik. But arguably, Jacob Markstrom should have been a Vezina finalist this year. That's for another discussion, though. Uh, when you weighted the goaltending, how heavily was it weighted towards the Canucks? It is probably the biggest advantage in the entire qualifying round just because Markstrom is a great goalie and whoever Minnesota puts out there just isn't up to par and they might may have numbers that look decent but that's because Minnesota is such a strong defensive team that they I guess make the goalies look as good as possible when in fact they're the biggest reason Minnesota is where they where they are. Now, there's no home ice advantage clearly here uh, for either team, being that there's you know neutrals uh, hub cities. But being the home team, do you see any sort of uh, Lisa? When you broke it down, being the home side, you know, being the last to change, all of that. Do you think that is going to weigh into an advantage for either home team? So when I first started writing these previews, my my mind was that that there would be no home ice advantage. It would be better just to take out the entire effect. But there was a really interesting thread by Megan Hall on Twitter uh, the other day where she broke down just how big the effect was of uh, controlled matchups where the, per- the coach who has last change, how much they get out of that. And it was about, they get like 54% of the shots or something like that. So I figured it was worthwhile to put that effect in and give a bit of an advantage to the home team because that still exists. But what they probably don't have is the referees on their side from 20,000 fans yelling yeah. and booing for any call. So that part I took out. I added the matchups. I maybe I made it like half the effect just in case there was some collinearity between the matchup effect and fans. But I think there might be something to being the home team. How do you come to these conclusions? Like, how many projections do you do to get these type of numbers? Because you've gone through every single series. You also have playoff, or excuse me, Stanley Cup uh, odds for every single round uh, per team. We're going to get to that uh, with the Canucks in just a moment. But how big of a sample do you do to come to these conclusions? Basically, I look at how good each player is based on their last three seasons. This season weighted. The heaviest, I know Canucks fans will hear three seasons and think that that doesn't do their team any favors, but because it's weighted mostly to this season, it usually works out fine. And just so in case there's an issue where a player had a really down year and you know he's better than that, you build up the expectation that he might be able to bounce back. So I do that to get each team strength, and then I simulate each game based on the probability of the team winning that game. And I do that around 50,000 times. And so you basically just play the game that amount of times, and that gets you the probabilities for the series and every subsequent round after that. Because I can, it's sort of like if a team wins a series, they go on to the next path, next round, and I can estimate how often they go on to those rounds. 
Now you have the Canucks at 49% and the Minnesota at 51% here in the playoffs, but uh, play-in that is. But as we progress now, uh, you have the Canucks at 16% to win this first round, 6% to win round two, 2% to make a cup final, and just a 1% chance of winning the Stanley Cup. Um how did you come to that in terms of like what because there's a lot of teams at one percent here and some teams that are i mean i see the toronto maple leafs here at five percent but the philadelphia flyers at three percent so how exactly did you get those conclusions so the basic idea is that because there's a majority of teams in the playing round their odds are much lower because they have to win one extra round and if you look at most of the playing round odds they're mostly even there's not many lopsided series except for Toronto and Pittsburgh maybe. So they have a bit higher chances because of that and the other thing is is the model I'm using to estimate these chances thinks that Toronto and Pittsburgh are both stronger teams than Philadelphia and Washington and can overcome the deficit of playing in a play-in round as the playoffs go forward because Philadelphia and Washington they have a higher probability in rounds one and two but once there's more rounds to play. Toronto and Pittsburgh can make up that ground. Now, there's a significant gap between who you have at the top uh, of mm-hmm. winning a Stanley Cup with uh, Tampa Bay at 24%, Boston at 17%, and then after that, uh, the three teams in the West, the Blues, the Avalanche, and the Golden Knights at 12 11 and 9%. I mean, as you get these totals together... Do you believe in your heart of hearts that Tampa Bay is going to win a Stanley Cup this year? I mean, it's more likely they don't, right? There's yeah. a 76 chance that they don't. But if I'm going to pick anyone, it's them because they're just the deepest team. I think while a lot of people are going to, I guess, find problems with the current format, it's actually really good for the top two teams in each conference if they win the round robin because... If there's any upset in the playing rounds, which there very well might be, they get first dibs because of reseeding. So Tampa Bay, if Montreal pulls off an upset against Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay wins the round robin, they get to play Montreal. And that is a very generous matchup. Yeah. Now, will you adjust these numbers as we progress through the playoffs? Yeah. So every day, uh, once a game happens, the odds change. So Carolina today, they start at 56%. They win against the Rangers, and now they only have to win two more games. So their odds will probably go up to 75 80% just from winning that one game. So that first game is super important. Yeah, I heard I heard a stat, something like 87% of teams that win the first game in a 3 of 5 end up going on to win. But it's got to be a little bit skewed because of the fact that a lot of these 3 of 5 series happened, you know, <laughs> in yeah. the 80s when teams were, you know, dominant teams are playing against uh, not-so-dominant teams. When you went through all the projections and looked at all the teams uh, in the NHL. Who who was the biggest surprise out of everybody as you went through it all? I think based on the reactions, uh, probably Winnipeg, just because I have them pegged all the way at the bottom and nowhere near any of the other play-in teams. Pretty much all the play-in teams I have around average, there is little separating them. But... um, Winnipeg is just so much lower, and that's it seems hard to believe because you always hear goaltending wins playoff series and they have the best one. But the issue with Winnipeg is that the team in front of them is uh, 
is a bit of a, a train wreck at five on five. They struggle to control the puck and they depend on Hellbuck so much. And it's hard to do that over an entire playoff run. You might be able to pull it off in one series, maybe two, but they're just playing with fire, relying on him that much. Yeah. I know after the uh, Canucks lost to the Jets, there, I saw multiple people on Twitter stating that, oh, Hellebuck, he's going to ride them through the playoffs. Like, oh, just, just relax just yet, guys. Just one exhibition game uh, in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I let you go here, do you weigh in luck as a factor at all? And I don't know how you would do that. But, I mean, you know, hockey is just such a game of bounces. I mean, even suggesting, uh, I saw someone the other day uh, here on the station suggesting, uh, oh, it was John Shannon actually, uh, suggesting that you know what's this going to look like come game three you know of a day when the ice is all uh beat up and and i know both teams have to deal with it but is there any sort of way that you project those sort of bounces into your equations man uh if i knew i'd be yeah. a much richer man yeah totally uh <laughs> i feel like most people would think that pittsburgh would run over montreal and would probably put their chances higher than 65 percent so the fact that all the chances are really bunched up close together under 65, I think the element of luck is baked into that because really 35% chance Montreal is not small. Like flip a coin a couple times and you might get Montreal beating yeah. the Pittsburgh Penguins. And yeah. that's, that's sort of the, the benefit of using a model because most people like have a lot of certainty with their picks and there's a lot more nuance in between. You'll get to see that in a wild connect series where it looks very even. It could go either way. Uh, Don, before I let you go to, uh, you're based out East. Uh, I believe you're in the, the Toronto area. What's, mm-hmm. what's the buzz out there? I mean, the buzz here is, is we're excited. I mean, we haven't had, you know, playoff hockey and I, whatever you want to call it, qualifying round. You know, we're still kind of calling it postseason here, but you know, we haven't mm-hmm. had it here in a little while. And I know things are uh, on a little bit of an upswing out there, but what's the feeling around uh, Toronto, especially being that it's one of the hub cities? Uh, it's, it's hard to tell. I actually live beside, uh, Hotel X. So I could go by there, but I actually haven't because I'm just trying to stay home as much as possible still. And I just really haven't felt a need to like go around, but I know most of my friends are very excited for things to be back. And how could you not be? It's been a long time and this is the game we all love, right? Are people on eggshells out there uh, in Toronto, though, when it comes to the Leafs? I mean, you know, you know what playoffs are like for them. Yikes. Yeah. And they uh, they didn't draw the most favorable matchup. Like, Columbus is a team that seems designed to beat teams built like Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, uh, it's scary right now. Yeah, I, I'm sure they're going to be. <laughs> Nervous AF. Uh, Dom, thanks for joining today. Love your work on The Athletic, and uh, I look forward to the adjustments as we head through these uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. But thanks for joining today. Thanks for having me. It's Dom decision from The Athletic. Uh, he's a staff writer with them, but he's based out of Toronto. And listen, I'll tell you what, the NHL is doing uh, a great little ceremony here uh, right now. Um, They've basically, for the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, Matt Dumba is out there, amongst a few others, uh, Darnell Nurse, and uh, the um, Oilers and Blackhawks, just given a moment uh, um, for the...
social injustice causes that are happening around the uh, North America and the United States in particular right now. But uh, hey, good on the Canucks or the Canucks. Good on the NHL. Uh, for acknowledging us right now. And uh, if we do get some audio from it, hopefully uh, our guy on the desk, Brooke Ward, is rolling on it. Maybe we'll uh, play a little bit of that. On the other side, we're going to talk to John Abbott. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into the Canucks and the Wild. I'm also going to get Abs' picks, uh, predictions here for the qualifying rounds. It's Sports Saturday. Your weekend starts here on TSN 1040. Back to Sports Saturday on TSN 1040. Here's your host, Andrew Wadden. Welcome back to Sports Saturday. Your weekend starts here. We have uh, digging deep into the Canucks and Wild. And we're going to be doing that throughout the day here on TSN 1040. Oh, no, it's not going to stop. We got John Abbott coming up here in just a moment. Then Rinkwide starts at 1 o'clock. Myself, J.D. Burke, two hours of the best hockey talk in the city, and we are going to continue the Canucks and Wild discussion uh, throughout the day. This is the place to be if you want to get updated on everything that's happening with the Canucks and the Wild and throughout uh, the NHL. We are the voice of the Vancouver hockey fan here at TSN 1040. If you missed any of the uh, action that's happening, yeah, there's action happening. It's a super Saturday here, as they say. The Hurricanes edged the Rangers 3-2. to two. We were hoping we were going to get an OT game uh, to kick things off. Rangers made a, a, a bit of a run of it, and scoring with about two minutes to go in the game. It was a shorty as well by Mark Stahl, but uh, Carolina able to hold on, get the W. They're up through, uh, one nothing in the series. Oilers and Blackhawks just dropped the puck. Uh, they did a ceremony at the start to recognize the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. Um, we're going to talk about that in the next segment, JD's going to join me here uh, for the crossover. We'll play you a bit of the audio uh, from that as well. Uh, John Abbott joins me now, and John Abbott is a uh, presentation today of the Weston Whistler Resort and Spa. John, I've been there before. I've stayed there before. I don't know because of what's happening with the pandemic if the eucalyptus uh, steam room is still going, but buddy, I think I spent about an hour in there uh, just taking it in, and boy, uh, was it refreshing to be up at the Whistler, a Weston Whistler Resort and Spa. So I'm sure you spent uh, some time there and enjoyed yourself because it's fantastic up there. Always great to be in Whistler, but uh, better to be here in the city now because the Canucks in the Wild about to kick things off tomorrow. Yeah, we had a quick little family stay just uh, prior to knowing that the NHL was coming back. Uh, so a nice little staycation, and uh, they've treated us terrific uh, since the Canucks training camps uh, have been held in Whistler. That's a long time ago now. And uh, that was re- really my introduction to Whistler was through the Weston. So oh, wow. uh, wonderful for any family, um, any couples interested in going up and uh, yeah. a great stay, but ready to dig our teeth into yeah. hockey. And man, I, I heard you talking about it already, but what a way to start the day with Carolina and New York. That was a fantastic uh, hockey game. I was wondering where the intensity would be at. Well, we found it with the first game of the day. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, if you're uh, an Oilers fan as well, you're loving this. Connor McDavid has put the Oilers on the board, 234 into the game from Dreisaitl and Clefbaum, and it was a nice one, too. Goes shelf, uh, able to get the goal there. So one nothing Oilers early uh, in that one. And uh, I'm going to spend some time myself up in Whistler in the next couple weeks, too, Johnny. It's my old hometown. I used to live there when I first uh, moved here to BC, so looking forward uh, to that. But let's, let's break down some hockey. Here, all right. Uh, I asked you 
you uh, earlier in the week. I said, listen, this, this is where I want to go, and I'm really interested in this uh, with you. Uh, what do you think is going to be the storyline that you're focusing on the most between the Canucks and the Wild as they start this five-gamer <laughs> uh, on Sunday? Well, you know what, Wadden, it's easy to say goaltending at any time in the playoffs because we know how uh, vital it is to a team's success and how quickly uh, situations can change our perception on a goaltender that uh, you might have uh, pretty high hopes attached to. So that's the easy one, particularly, I think, in a under the microscope in this series with how Jacob Markstrom, uh, Canucks MVP from the regular season, is going to respond after a lengthy layoff. And then what goalie the Minnesota Wild are going to run with or if they need to dig into their bag of tricks and actually use both guys, Stalock or Dubnik. So that's an easy one for me. I'll bypass that one, even though it probably is the main storyline. I'm going to go to special teams. And it's already been played out in that first game of the day in these play-ins, that one being Carolina and New York. And think of the the amount of penalties that were uh, recorded in that game, how the power play changed things, and even how the penalty kill altered things for the Hurricanes. They give up a shorthanded goal near the end of the hockey game that made it a little bit tighter and put the Rangers back within reach. So I think overall in the, in the, the play-in qualifying rounds, that's going to be a big deal, but particularly in this Canucks Wild series because uh, the Minnesota Wild don't have the edge on the power play side of the equation. That should firmly belong to the Vancouver Canucks. And I think if the Wild have their way, they're looking for low-scoring, grinded-out games. And so even if the Wild are able to execute that five-on-five, well, what's the ultimate difference maker than one? It is the power play potentially mm-hmm. for the Vancouver Canucks. And you look no further than the exhibition game the Minnesota Wild played in. Uh, their power play one for eight. So the opportunities are there, but uh, certainly the results are not. So that could be a big upper hand, a big edge. Uh, for the Vancouver Canucks if they're able to exude their force. Yeah, just diving into the stats a little bit uh, before we started the show. And, you know, the Canucks being tied for second in the NHL with 57 uh, power play goals. I mean, what a difference from uh, last year. And uh, as I broke thing down, things down as well, yeah, the power play heavily weighted towards the Canucks in terms of something that's going to be a major X factor for them to win the series. That brings me to my poll question today, and I'll ask you about this. Who's going to be the X factor for the Canucks in the series versus the Wild? Now, I gave four options. You can go off the board if you like, but Pedersen, Besser, Markstrom, Hughes. Markstrom, I knew, was going to win this poll. I was really more excited to see who the fans would vote in second, and right now, it's a dead heat. Just under 400 votes in. 21.6% of people are saying uh, Besser and Hughes, they're tied right now. Maybe you'll go off the board. I got someone in the inbox right now telling me Furland would be their pick. But what says you? Hmm. Well, maybe I'll save the unsung hero uh, talk for a couple of bullet points to come here. So mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd go Furland, uh, but I, I will stick with your options and I'll say Quinn Hughes uh, after Markstrom because. Uh, I do think, again, first year power play quarterback, the amount of ice time he's going to get, he'll be uh, challenged perhaps like he hasn't been before consistently by the wild forwards. And, you know, his defensive side of the puck and play is going to come into the spotlight as well. So I think if the Canucks are going to thrive, hey, it probably seems like an easy bet to pin Pin the expectations on the forwards. I fully uh, expect them to rise to the occasion of being Patterson and Besser. But hey, Quinn Hughes is going to be a guy that the Canucks rely upon uh, heavily on both sides of the puck. So that would be my answer after Markstrom. Is Quinn Hughes the best defenseman in this series? 
He better be. <laughs> but, like, I, I mean, honestly, like, you got a, a Ryan Suter, you know, he's going to be a hockey Hall of Famer, just a fantastic defenseman, one of the best guys to, uh, you know, play in the blue line in, in the NHL, by the way, 1-1, Chicago just scored. We'll get you updated on that in just a moment. But, you know, it, it just, is it as simple as saying, no, 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 Hughes is already there? Uh, man, I, I'm leaning to yes, but Suter and Dumba would have something to say about that. I think Quinn Hughes has certainly established he's the best defenseman as a member of the Vancouver Canucks. So, yeah, I'd lean, I'd lean to say yes, which is crazy uh, after you just uh, trotted out that description of Suter. Yeah. Unless we all know how impactful Dunbar can be as well. But um, I'd say the gate is certainly open for Hughes to be not only the best defenseman on the Vancouver side, but certainly in the series as well. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get your unsung hero, though. Uh, for I think I know where you're going, but uh, lead us down the path. Well, it was a toss-up on that third line. You really picked your poison. Um, you know, I do think Adam Gaudet is going to have a big say in the success of the Vancouver Canucks, both in, in, by nature of position, center Iceman, how he uh, potentially swings the Canucks um, in a matchup uh, versus what the Wild can throw at him, if he can win that battle. Um, and also his responsibilities on the power play. So very close for my answer to be Gaudet. And after all of that, I'm going to pick Furland because I think he is, he, he brings a lot of elements that the Canucks uh, were lacking in previous years. And yet you don't know exactly how uh, up to speed he will be. If everything tells us it looks like he'll be shot out of a cannon and can play up to the standards we expect and the Canucks expect by paying him the type of money they are paying him to fill that role. Uh, but the Vancouver Canucks need him to fill that role because, listen, there's going to be pushback on the other side as well. When you have Marcus Foligno trotting around and uh, Greenway uh, trotting around you're, and Eric Stahl, you're going to need a physical presence of your own. And I think uh, so much can be done with Michael Furland if he's on the top of his game, like Travis Green seems to believe he will be, that he would be the X factor for me from Vancouver. And on the other side, I am going to say Jordan Greenway. And that might seem strange because he is on the top line right now with Stone Fiala. So, okay, how much of an unsung hero can he really be? But I think he's easy to look past when you do consider some of the other names on this wild roster up front with the veterans, Zuccarello, Parise, uh, Eric Sinek is the youngster, Stone Fiala, we already mentioned. I think Jordan Greenway is going to have a big role in this series. He is a large specimen. He's got that hockey player butt as well. It's tough to move him in front of the net, and it's not just about standing there and battling. He has terrific hands when it comes to tipping pucks, but also uh, finding pucks in his skates and depositing them quickly in the back of the net. So he is going to be a load for any member of the Vancouver Canucks defending the front of the net. And you saw the way some of the goals went in in that Carolina Rangers game, perhaps. If you didn't, well, I can tell you, there's a lot of redirections, a lot of screens, and I think that's going to ring true in this series as well. So Furlan and Greenway are my answers uh, on both sides of the, the spectrum there. Hockey player butt, eh? You're, uh, you're channeling, Hockey player butt. Ch- channeling your inner Matt Sakaris there as well. Uh, he's uh, He thinks that's something that the, the, a measurement that should be taken as well as wingspan uh, when analyzing players. But uh, we'll, again, we'll save that uh, for another day. By the way, the goal that uh, the Blackhawks scored, Dylan Strom getting it, Mike Smith, who normally is great uh, <laughs> handling the puck, uh, handled it like a grenade behind his net and uh, Strom was able to bank one in 1-1 between the Oilers and Blackhawks Uh, perhaps that's where we'll start then um, as we break down uh, your predictions for these qualifying rounds Oilers Blackhawks who do you like my friend some think this is the 
official stamping on the end of an era for Chicago that they will uh, go out and, uh, it, you know, sort of cement the fact that they've been there and done that and some of their big names are on the way out perhaps as well. I, and this is crazy because Edmonton has the team, but just the position you mentioned and the names you present, mentioned, uh, Mike Smith, my confidence is not there when it comes to the Oilers. Do they have enough offense to make up for it? Perhaps they do. They should. But I can say Chicago and five. So that is not a popular pick. It's probably not a, uh, a widely um, repetitive pick, but I'll go Hawks and five with a surprise. All right, Hawks and five. Uh, how about the Preds and Coyotes? I think that's going to be a quick one. I think three and out for the Nashville Predators. Simple enough. Uh, let's gloss over the uh, Canucks and Wild. We'll we'll save sure. that one for the end. Uh, Flames and Jets. Really, uh, this one intrigues me. Uh, I could go either way. We just had Dom LeCision on from the Athletic uh, out east, and uh, well, his uh, breakdown, analytical breakdown at least, uh, didn't favor the Jets all that well. But I uh, mean, what we saw from Connor Hullabuck the other night uh, might have changed my opinion on the Jets. Yeah, originally I thought it would be, you know, I was actually heavily favoring Winnipeg um, at the beginning of when we found out this, who the matchups would be. And I've come around a little bit uh, to the side of our boss, Trevor Martins, who is a Flames fan. But I'm going to say, I'm going to give Winnipeg the edge. I think that's going five as well. Winnipeg and five. Um, I do expect Calgary to put up a good fight. Okay, like I said, we're going to save the Canucks and Wild till the end. Uh, Jonathan Taves has just scored for the Blackhawks. Yeah, it's 2-1. The goals are coming fast here, <laughs> which is funny because when we just talked to Dom LeCision as well, he said, yeah, I'm going to take five minutes away from this game. I might miss five goals. Well, yeah, there's three right now, and we haven't even played eight minutes of the game yet. Uh, nonetheless, let's head to the East. Penguins, Canadians, uh, I think I know who you're going to pick here, but I'm really interested to hear how many games. Well, I'd love to see a Carey Price upset uh, just because that would be fantastic. And uh, the hate for Montreal for everyone outside of uh, that that city in, in our country would probably be real, considering many feel like Montreal is the team that shouldn't have made it. But I think it's Pittsburgh. Uh, I do believe the Penguins uh, have the better lineup, have been the better team all year. I think that will show through. Carry price or not, and so I'll say Penguins in four. Okay, we now we already know who won the first game of this series, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to change your prediction at all. But Hurricanes and Rangers now with the Canes up one nothing in the series. Uh, it's not uh, always favoring Carolina, and yet at the beginning of the day before the puck dropped, it was the Rangers in the season series that uh, were the dominant team, and that's part of the reason why, if you'll remember, Wadden. Uh, Carolina kind of protested the fact that a team like the Rangers would get in and then uh, they'd end up facing Carolina. I think there was a little bit of a fear factor there, but they have the one game edge right now. My pick ahead of that was going to be Carolina. I think they are. Uh, I think they do match up better at this time of the year. I think Peter Morazic takes it to another uh, zone. Interesting to see if the Rangers started Lundqvist today. I know Shesterkin apparently unfit to play, but uh, now that's open potentially a can of worms for New York. Um, as to where to go in game number two. So I think Carolina does find a way to get to the finish line, and I'll say uh, Hurricanes in Florida as well. Islanders, Panthers. Yeah, a, a series from a few years back uh, as well, but I, I, I'll pick the Islanders every day of the week here. Um, I like you know, some pieces that Florida has, but I just don't see them 
uh, being able to compete with uh, the, the New York Honors. So I'm going to say that's my other sweep. I picked uh, the, the Preds in a sweep. I'll pick the Honors in a sweep. Three and out for Florida. Well, I do like the, the, the coaching matchup there between Trotz and uh, Coach Q there, but uh, I think I tend to agree with you. Okay, last one. Maple Leafs. You got it? Knew it was coming. And the Blue Jackets. <laughs> it shouldn't be much of a series. And yet, uh, I think Columbus, you know, reminds me a little bit of what Minnesota could put forth. I mean, especially with John Tortorella. Uh, he has no fans to impress. Uh, yes, they're going to be uh, viewing the games on TV like we all are. But there's nobody in the stand. He can dumb it down if he'd like and uh, make life miserable for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Merzlikens, maybe he gets hot, uh, but it should be Leafs all day. And, you know, I, I do I do factor in the overwhelming amount of talent up front and the fact that Freddie Anderson should be the best goaltender in the series. So I'll hand it to the Leafs in five. I think they're going to find a way to make it interesting and have a lot of stress along the way, but I'll give it to Toronto uh, when we're all coming down. <laughs> uh, sorry, buddy. It's just it seems to happen every time we mention their yeah, name he's on got the show. Yeah. Hey, by the way, that was the correct answer that you gave there too. All right. Uh, okay. Good <laughs> to know. I can still appear on your program. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Final one. Oh, three one now. Look at this. Another goal for the the Blackhawks. Listen, if you're not hey. watching hockey right now, if you're driving around listening to us, you get home, put on the tube, man. There's some good hockey going on right now. They're backing me up. Those yeah. Hawks. Okay. Last one here, and this is the one that means the most to this market. Canucks, Wild, John Abbott, give us your prediction. Uh, Canucks in four. I think the you know most people are picking five in this series and have it as a pick em, and I can understand that. I think it's not going to be necessarily smooth sailing all the way for the Vancouver Canucks, but they'll find a way to steady the ship, and uh, I do believe uh, eventually we'll take the series over. So uh, I won't necessarily pick them to go the distance, even though it could happen. Uh, rather easily, given the nature of the two teams, also Vancouver in four, and they will make it into the first round with a chance to get out of the first round of the playoffs for the first time since 2011, if you can believe that, Wadden. So oh, totally. uh, they'll they'll actually have a chance to uh, bring back some life, playoff life, to this fan base. Yeah, no, I agree with you, John. I see Canucks in four as well. I see one game being real tight, going to overtime. I see Markstrom uh, being the hero in that one, uh, saving the Canucks bacon and, and, and able to uh, pull it off in four games. But it, it all will uh, happen tomorrow. Right here, we will have the 6 o'clock pregame. Yourself, Jeff Patterson, Blake Price, and then, of course, during the game, commercial-free intermissions, full postgame coverage, and then J-Pat is going to stick around. Like, as if the guy doesn't work hard enough already, he's going to stick around and do playoff game night after oh, the postgame show. He loves oh, yeah. it, Wadden. Yeah. That no. is, that is what, that's what J-Pat thrives as well. I mean, uh, he has all the good insight with us. Uh, the coach, in some ways, might be getting off the hook because he can't be there uh, in the flesh to, to pose as many questions. He'll be out there on Zoom. But uh, when it comes to relating to the people and uh, relating his honest assessment, uh, as opposed to uh, propaganda, that is Jeff Patterson. And I have no doubt it will be fire at yeah. some point in this series. And we'll all be thankful he's there. Well, and he's only been waiting since, what, 2015 for this? So uh, <laughs> That's right. you know, he's had a lot of time to get ready for it. Uh, Abs, as always, uh, love your hits here with us. And uh, looking forward to, uh, well, the coverage that you're going to be given during the, uh, during the playoffs. 
Oh, can't wait for tomorrow um, to get the, the Canucks pre-post and intermission going against Minnesota. But uh, really, today is the beginning of it, isn't it? Amazing to sit back and watch hockey all day and know that it's just, uh, it feels like playoff hockey. Carolina and New York uh, did us proud because yeah. uh, it was a good initiation into this play-in stage. And nothing I'd rather be doing than talking hockey with you, buddy. So you have yourself a great day as you, well. You too. Thanks so much. That's John Abbott, TSN 1040's game, uh, Canucks game analyst here on TSN 10. I'm wondering if the hook's going to come out here in Edmonton because uh, it's 3-1 already for the Blackhawks. A shaky goal from Mike Smith with the one that he handled behind his net. Ended up giving it away. Strome banks it off him, puts it in goal. Uh, this, that, this third goal here, and I know Ed's uh, keeping an eye on it in the producer's booth as well. A tip goal, but you know maybe you'd like to see a save there from Mike Smith. But uh, hey, maybe we'll see the hook already in game one. Short series, got to make adjustments quick. On the other side, we're crossing over. J.D. Burke is in studio right now. Now, we're also going to hear from Matt Dumba as the uh, a few of the NHL players um, recognize the Black Lives Matter movement uh, before puck drop between the Hawks and the Oilers. You'll hear some of that on the other side as well as J.D. as we tee up rink-wide right here on Sports Saturday. Your weekend starts here on TSN 1040. Now, back to Sports Saturday on TSN 1040. Here's your host, Andrew Watney. Welcome back Sports Saturday. Your weekend starts here. Oh, while we were in the break, by the way, two more goals. No, one more goal, excuse me. 4-1 Chicago over Edmonton. There you go. They should play this at Canuck games more often. Oh, wait, they did. It Never really mind. resonate with the people yeah, and yeah. the players on both sides. Yeah. How's that new DJ working out for you? Really ingratiating oh, there himself he is. to the Vancouver Canucks fan base with that one, Andrew. JD, really, okay, turn it off. Really establishing that. yourself as, as one of the it people. It wasn't me. That was, that, was, that, was, that was Eddie, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That for was sure. Eddie. I didn't call for that. It was no, kind of funny, though. Remember when they played that at Rogers Arena and it became a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was still a fan and it broke my little heart every time. Rest in peace to our, our boy Botch for that. Uh, we teased it. Let, let's get it in. Uh, Matt Dumba, uh, some of the players uh, around the NHL, uh, taking a knee before the Blackhawks and Oilers dropped the puck today. Uh, here's the speech from Matt Dumba, courtesy of Sportsnet TV. I'd like to say thank you to all the fans watching at home and all the people making a positive difference in our world right now. We appreciate you. I know none of us need to be reminded about how our day-to-day lives have been affected by the outbreak of COVID-19. So I hope the Stanley Cup playoffs can bring a little normality and peace of mind during all these times of uncertainty. I'll transition topics to a topic that is very important to me, my fellow members of the Hockey Diversity Alliance and the NHL. During this pandemic, something unexpected but long overdue occurred. The world woke up to the existence of systematic racism and how deeply rooted it is within our society. For those unaffected by systematic racism or unaware, I'm sure that some of you believe that this topic has garnered too much attention during the last couple months. But let me assure you, it is not. Racism is a man-made creation. And all it does is deteriorate from our collective prosperity. Racism is everywhere. Racism is everywhere. And 
and we need to fight against it. On behalf of the NHL and the Hockey Diversity Alliance, we vow and promise to stand up for justice and fight for what is right. I know firsthand as a minority playing the great game of hockey, the unexplainable and difficult challenges that come with it. The Hockey Diversity Alliance and the NHL want kids to feel safe, comfortable and free-minded every time they enter an arena. So I stand in front of you today on behalf of those groups and promise you that we will fight against justice. We will fight against injustice and fight for what is right. I hope this inspires a new generation of hockey players and hockey fans because black lives matter. Breonna Taylor's life matters. Hockey is a great game, but it could be a whole lot greater. And it starts with all of us. Well done there from Matt Dumba, uh, flanked by Darnell Nurse from the Oilers, Malcolm Subban uh, from the Blackhawks. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Class act there from Matt Dumba. And I'm glad the NHL uh, took a moment to recognize this and just not in a, a press release from Gary Bettman. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not necessarily certain that I give the NHL as much credit as I do Matt Dumba. I mean, uh, you know... Just one day ago, we had Eric Trump Jr., uh, one of the Yikes. most defective Trump kids with Yikes. like eight different diseases that were thought extinct for a century in Habsburg jaw, just going off about how standing up for the anthem is great. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's who the NHL courts. But I give full credit to Matt Dumba himself for delivering a clear, concise message, one that resonates with the moment, one that is uh, commensurate with the, the, the moment that we're all experiencing as it relates to the Black Lives Matter movement, as it relates relates to uh, the collective action on the front of getting Breonna Taylor's murderers uh, rightly served justice. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a tough moment for everyone involved. And, you know, I kind of hate that it's always the, on- the onus is always put on uh, people of color in the NHL to be at the spearhead, uh, to be at the spear tip. Right, and and that kind of bothers yeah, me. Like, yeah. why why are they alone? Why isn't there a white NHLer on on one sure. knee? Why isn't there? Or a why couldn't it have been a white NHLer that stood up and said that? Well, yeah, exactly. It's a lot of pressure, right? In yeah. a sport where they're already being but, uh, sorry marginalized and already make up for the smallest percentage yeah. of, of of a visible group, right? Like, well, I, let's I, call this progress, though. Come on, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know like, what I mean? Like, we can, we can dump on them all they want, but I I, I just I, I love the fact. And by the way, Eddie, thank you for for sending this to me. Eddie Gregory doing some great. Work in the producer's booth. It's nice to have fast, a uh, real, fast Eddie. Fast Eddie yeah. yeah, instead uh, of uh, slow Jason Croker <laughs> with, uh, the, with the soy boy smile. Eddie uh, sent me this uh, Barack Obama tweet. Great job by the NHL here, allowing Matt Dumba to have this platform to talk about racism. Uh, there's, you know, there's someone I want to hear from. Yeah, I want to hear from Eric Trump. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, I, if if those are the choices, for sure. Yeah, like right. I, I don't need, uh, you know, Eric Trump tweeting through his latest drool session for me. Like I'll take that any day of the week. Right. So. <laughs> So, like, <laughs> I, I think that there's plenty of room for improvement. I think that the NHL needs better allies. I need it, it needs better allyship from the white members. It needs more support from white members. Uh, you know, it's it's a really tough situation to be in, right? Like, you think about J.T. Brown when he raised his fist. Yeah. All alone. Yeah. 
all alone. And you think about how alone he's been his entire career, how many times he's heard, in his own words, people saying, hey, you should be playing basketball. How many times do you think he's heard that? Yeah. We don't need to guess. He's told us. All right. We're going to unpack more of that on the other side. It's rink-wide. Show that always scores. Coming up. However, this has been another edition of Sports Saturday. I want to thank my guest, Jeff Patterson, Dom Lecision, John Abbott for joining. Guys, have yourself a great Saturday, but I know you're not going anywhere just yet because Rinkwide is coming up next. Keep it locked right here on TSN 1040.